This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiverr, Curd and Long, baby. 1250 a.m. com here with you. No Ryan Horvath today. Uh, as he is uh, covering the Super Bowl out in Arizona for BetMGM tonight. Weeknights can listen to them. Uh, it's himself, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu as they broadcast live from Radio Row uh, all week long. Actually, they're not even actually at Radio Row. I take that back. They're at the MGM Casino uh, right there in Glendale, Arizona. I think it's right there inside of the uh, football stadium is where they're broadcasting from. Uh, but either way, very entertaining shows, I'm sure, all week long. He'll be back with us, I believe, I think, I hope, uh, when we record next on Wednesday. So it's just me and you, baby, as uh, we go along here on Curd and Long. And today, as we record on Monday, uh, is 12 years since the Green Bay Packers last won a Super Bowl. 12 years. So that would be the 2010 season. Uh, and then the Super Bowl, obviously, would be in January of 2011. And I remember when that happened saying to Gary Ellerson uh, that, hey, the dynasty begins now. Like, this isn't going to be a Brett Favre situation where you're going to go twice and then that's going to be the end of it. Oh, no. Like, this team was so hard 16, 17 guys on IR, whatever it was. Uh, and a majority of those guys would be coming back. And this is going to be the run here. You know, they may, they may win three or four Super Bowls, they may go to Three of five Super Bowls. Who knows? But this is going to be the run with Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. Because, as I called it that year, I called it the Magic Carpet Ride. Because literally, everything that could go right towards the end of the year did go right for the Green Bay Packers. I had a similar feeling as to how that was going this year for the Packers. And, of course, uh, that ended up uh, not working out as the Lions uh, knocked the Packers out before they even got to the playoffs. But... You really felt good about yourself that year uh, when they went and won the Super Bowl. Tenth in offense, ninth in yards on offense. On the defensive side of the ball, get this, sit down, buckle your seatbelt. They were second in defense in points uh, points allowed. Second, fifth in yards in the NFL uh, at that point in time. And that's obviously unheard of now with the Joe Barry uh, style defense that the Packers play. But if you look at what the Packers have done since then, Think about this. 2011. Now remember, 2011, they went 15 and 1. Man, no defense, but they went 15 and 1, eventually uh, lost in the playoffs. But they won the NFC North in 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 19, 20, and 21. And obviously, they didn't win it this year. The Vikings won it in, in 22. 
But that's a hell of a run to consistently win your division, not to mention the conference championship games that they were consistently in. I believe four uh, NFC championship appearances. I mean, that is crazy. And you aren't able to capitalize on even getting back to another Super Bowl since then. So that obviously leads to the question of what went wrong? What happened? And clearly the easiest thing to do, I think for most people, is to point at the defense and say, look, this is real simple, Sparky. If you had a better defense, you would have won you know, more titles, more playoff games at the end of the day. A prime example, 2011, when they go 15-1. They're number one in points scored in offense, third uh, in yards. You know where they were in defense? 19th in points allowed. They were dead last, dead last in yards allowed. They were 32nd in the league in yards allowed that year. I remember that it was yesterday because everybody thought that eventually not having a defense would catch up with you, uh, and obviously it, it did at some point. 2012, Packers ranked fifth in offense, 13th in yards. Again, top five offense, take it. Defense, they were actually better. 11th in points, 11th in yards. And they would end up losing there too. 2013, eighth in points, third in yards. Again, the offense shows up. Defensively, 25th in yards, 24th in points. Not going to cut it. 2014. First in points, sixth in yards for the offense, and then 13th in points, 15 in yards. They were only a top 10 defense in points allowed since that year. And even at that year when they were uh, doing their thing, they were 19th in points allowed. But top 10 defense in points allowed one time, 2019, they were ninth in points allowed, 18th in yards. Only one time, a top 10 defense. Outside of that year when they went to the Super Bowl, when they were second in points and fifth in yards allowed in 2010. So, yeah, you you needed a better defense. Now, my only thing with this is, do you have to have a top 10 defense in order to win a Super Bowl at the end of the day? Does it have to be a top 10 defense? If you have a good enough offense, I don't really think you do have to have a top 10 defense in order to win a Super Bowl. Yes, you can look at the Bill Belichick-led Patriots teams and how great their defenses were and so forth. But I think you could argue in more cases, in most cases, the Packers' offense probably has been a more dangerous offense than the Belichick-led offenses going back to the first Super Bowl Brady went to with the Patriots with Gibbons and Troy Patton and those guys all the way through. Now, the one year when they had Randy Moss and they went undefeated in the regular season and eventually got beaten in the Super Bowl by the Giants, yes, that offense was stupid good because Randy Moss and Tom Brady were stupid good uh, at that point. So, yes, I'll give you that. And Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez were dangerous in their own right. But more times than not, this Packers offense was more explosive uh, in the McCarthy era, especially early to middle of McCarthy's run with the Green Bay Packers than that was of Tom Brady and the Patriots. And for the most part, they were one of the more uh, better offenses year to year uh, during McCarthy's run, then they weren't. Okay. So if it's defense that you want to blame of why this didn't work out, okay, fine, blame defense. But if it's defense, then at the same point, then you should probably turn to the draft and say, well, what about the draft then? What have they done in the draft 
um, since that whole run that we're talking about here. And to me, they have spent so much on the draft since that year, especially early in the draft, that if you say, well, it's the defensive coordinators, they couldn't get it to work out. Well, it was Ted Thompson. He was the problem on defense. 2011 draft. A.J. Green just retired. A.J. Green was in this draft, the wide receiver. Derek Sherrod, first overall pick in 2011. Horrible. He played from 2011 to 2014 and was done. That was the end of him. Randall Cobb still doing his thing. Fine. Lawrence Guy, a seventh-round pick at the end, the last pick that they had that year, pick 233. He still played, not for the Packers. But he's still in the NFL. The rest of these dudes, Alex Green, Devon House, DJ Williams, Caleb Schlatteroff, DJ Smith, Ricky Elmore, Ryan Taylor, my God. If you look at this list, outside of Cobb and Lawrence Guy, everybody else was out of the league three years after they were drafted in 2014. Ricky Elmore never even played in the league as a sixth-round pick. No, they didn't play 2011, done. 2000. Uh, the only one that played past 2014, outside of those other two, was Devon House, who played in 2018. Seven-year career. The rest of those guys, three years out of the league. That is insane. That's a bad draft. 2012, again, more picks. Nick Perry, early on. Now remember, when they drafted Nick Perry, what was that all about? Why are you drafting Nick Perry? That's not a 3-4 guy. That's a 4-3 guy. And we're going to try to make him into a stand-up rusher as a 3-4 guy. Remember that? That was a big conversation piece when they drafted Nick Perry. Jarrell Worthy, who I believe Leroy Butler uh, picked that year uh, out of Michigan State. Another guy that knock on him at that point, second round, was the motor. You know, is he going to play hard all the time? When he played hard, he was good. When he wasn't playing hard, he was just a body. That didn't last very long. Played six years, I guess, in the league, but again, probably didn't work out to the way you wanted. The only guy still in the league from that draft is Casey Hayward. Mike Daniels, I would say he was a, a good draft pick in the fourth round. That was a, a solid draft pick. That was the extent of it. There, there was nothing else really in that draft. 2013, Dayton Jones used another pick at the top of the draft on another defensive player. He had his moments, but couldn't stay healthy. And then that was a problem. Eddie Lacy, that was a home run pick. Did he play as long as you wanted? No. He was out of the league by 2017. But he was really, really good for you when he was playing. David Bakhtiari, still in the league, your fourth-round pick. J.C. Trider just got out of the league last year and running the Players Association, fourth-round pick. Uh, Jonathan Franklin, that didn't work out, obviously, running back. Micah Hyde still in the league, not for you, though. Uh, so he's still playing. 2014, back to the defense again in the first round. Ha ha, Clinton Dick. Now again, we go back to when they won the Super Bowl last, 2010-11 season, and all they've been doing since that year is drafting defense, 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 trying to help out these defensive coordinators, trying to help out these defensive coaching staffs, trying to get this thing right. And again, this is the Ted Thompson regime, which does include Brian Gutenkunz and the rest of these dudes. They were all there. Now, they were lower levels uh, uh, on the rung, or on the ladder, I guess, as far as working their way up, hoping to be where they are now. But they were all in the building. They were all part of that. Now, Ted, again, was Ted was going to draft who he wanted to draft, regardless of what everybody else said. So I'm not going to say Goody was to blame for this. But they've been doing the same thing forever. Devontae Adams, second-round pick. Okay, fine. Defensive tackle Kyrie Thornton. Uh, no, that didn't work out. Richard Rodgers, the tight end. Third round, still play. Carl Bradford, the linebacker. He played two years. 
or three years. 2016 was his last year. Corey Lindsley, the center, he's still playing league, not for the Packers, obviously. Jared Aberderis was in that draft. Jeff Janis, the seventh-round pick, was in that draft. He only played in 2017. He's gone. He's out of the league at this point. 2015, guess what they did? Oh, you know it. They went safety in the first round with Demarius Randall. Flop. Then they went Quentin Rollins at cornerback. Flop. Then they went Ty Montgomery in the third round. Now, again, he worked out for the most part. But, again, you went defense twice in those first two picks. This is what you've been doing the entire time. Fourth round pick, Jake Ryan. That didn't work out either. Had a moment or two. That was about the extent of it. Christian Ringo still in the league. Defensive end. Didn't do much for the Packers. Still playing. 2016. Guess what they draft? Defense. Finally had a home run. Kenny Clark. Ohio State. Super young. And had a heck of a career for the Green Bay Packers at one. Jason Spriggs at tackle in the second round. Then Kyle Fackerel, outside linebacker. Blake Martinez, linebacker. Dean Lowry, defensive end. Trevor Davis, wide receiver. And then Kyle Murphy, uh, the tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Of those, five are still playing in the National Football League. And Blake Martinez, I think you could say, was a solid pick for the Green Bay Packers and had a solid career for the Packers. Dean Lowry is still playing. And I know so many people want to get on Dean Lowry and want to replace Dean Lowry. And I get it. And I understand it. But do remember, this dude was a fourth-round pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. He was a fourth-round pick. Hell of a career for a guy drafted in the fourth round that didn't have expectations of a first-round pick. So 2017, surely the defense is figured out. No. Uh-uh. No, sir. First four picks in that draft were defense. Kevin King, Josh Jones, Montrevious Adams, Vince Beagle, all guys drafted there in the first four rounds of the draft. Now, remember, that was the T.J. Watt draft. Yeah, it was. And to think that Kevin King and Vince Beagle always going to be kind of attached to the T.J. Watt pick, how much different would that Packer defense have been had they drafted T.J. Watt? Jamal Williams, fourth-round pick. That was their first offensive player they took. Aaron Jones, fifth-round pick. That was a hell of a pick. Both those running backs worked out really well. 2018, what do they do? First three picks on defense again. Folks, you can't make this up. And the the crazy part about this to me is you as a fan and us as media members, what do we do? We talk about, well, it must be the defensive coordinator. That's the problem. It's Dom Capers' fault. It's Mike Pettin's fault. It's Joe Barry's fault. It's all these dudes' fault. Not the players. Oh, no. It's the the coordinators. Do you understand what you're saying when you say it's on Dom Capers? When you say it's on Patton? When you say it's on Joe Barry? What you're effectively saying at that moment in time is Ted Thompson did his job. He gave you a bunch of talent, and you can't coach it. Brian Gutekunst did his job. He gave you a bunch of talent, and you can't make it work. Are you sure you're right about that? Are you sure us media members are right about that? At some point, you got to turn around and look at the people drafting the players and going, guys, either they can or they can't. And so far, out of the guys we're talking about, we haven't got to the 2018 picks yet. But of the guys we're talking about, the only guy that certainly can... It's Kenny Clark. That's it. 
since 2011, the only for sure guy that does not matter who the coaching staff is, doesn't matter who his position coach is, doesn't matter who the coordinator is, who the head coach is, who's playing on either side of him, who's playing behind him at linebacker, don't matter. Kenny Clark's that dude. Since 2011 through 2017, you had one guy. One guy that was for certain can't miss. Doesn't matter who he's playing for in this league. He's starting and he's a problem for other teams. One dude. You haven't ignored defense. You've been drafting defense in the first round for this whole time. And you screwed it up to that degree. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I criticized them for every pick. I loved the Hawkwood and Dix pick. Loved it. They needed a safety. They went and got a safety. Did it work out to the degree that we all wanted? Absolutely not. Absolutely love that pick. But it didn't work out. Now, we get to 2018. What did they do in 2018? Jair Alexander. Now here's number two, right? Second dude. Doesn't matter who his coach is, doesn't matter who his coordinator is, doesn't matter who anybody around him is, he is a dude. So now you got two guys from 11 through 18 that are for sure can't miss guys. After they draft him, they draft another cornerback, Josh Jackson out of Iowa, who the beef on him was slow. Got a lot of picks, especially against Wisconsin. Out of Iowa, good player. Hmm. That appeared to be that great of a pro. And you took him in the second round. Didn't work out. Oren Burks. Huh, nice guy. Special teams player. Sure, give you that. That's about the extent of it. First three rounds on defense again in that draft. 2019. Guess what they did? They went defense in the first two picks of this draft. Rashawn Gary. I'll be honest, at pick 12. Didn't like it, hated it, criticized it, didn't do much at Michigan, and we were told on the big show, that don't matter, defenses were focused on him, not his fault, first year for the Packers, didn't do much, still didn't like it, and then as he progressed, and he worked, you see what he's become, and that is a star outside linebacker, your number one edge outside rusher going into 2023, coming off injury, is going to be Rashawn Gary again. Double-digit dude every year. He's another one of those dudes. Now, not as much of a, in my opinion, can't miss. We're right into year one. Boom, he's a factor. But he's a factor. So now you've got three guys. You also took Darnell Savage, who you traded up to get in the first round to have two first-round picks. Took him at 21 in safety. Good early, not so much late. Played well at the end of the year once they moved up kind of into the slot and got him off the safety. Not really sure what that future looks like, but he's not a dude. And then Elton Jenkins was that second-round pick. He clearly is a dude regardless. Rest of that draft, nothing special. 2020. Now you're coming off of a conference title game. Everybody is expecting you as an organization to play for now. That's the expectation. And Brian Gutekunst said, nah, nah, we're not going to play for now. In fact, I take that back. They were coming off of, were they coming off of a conference championship game? I'm trying to remember here now. Uh, I'm getting all confused. 
But either way, they're going into that draft and they were expecting the Packers to do something and especially do something to help out Aaron Rodgers on offense. That was the expectation. No. They draft Jordan Love, who they trade up for. They take A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, their first linebacker pick, Kamal Martin, who was hurting college, John Runyon Jr., Jake Hansen, both offensive linemen, another offensive lineman, and Stepaniak, who then retired and didn't play, Vernon Scott, uh, a safety, and Jonathan Garvin, a defensive end. That was your draft in 2020. And the Packer fan base was going to lose their ever-loving minds. Gary Ellerson did lose his mind on the draft show that night with Bill Michaels. Lost his mind that they took a quarterback. They didn't go defense. They did not go defense. They went offense for the future, but they didn't go defense. And it was really, if you go back and you look, they took their first three picks were offensive players. You're going to have to scroll back an awful long way to find the last time the Packers took offensive players their first three picks. You know what the last time was? 2011, when we started this whole thing on this podcast. Derek Sherrod, Randall Cobb, Alex Green at running back. That was the last time they had taken three offensive players to start a draft. And obviously, outside of Randall Cobb, that did not work out so well. Then in 2021, again, here we go again. Conference Championship. You come back with Eric Stokes, DB, who, again, rookie year looked promising. Last year, prior to getting hurt, wasn't looking as good. We'll see. The future is still a, we don't know about him yet. Then it's Josh Myers, Amari Rogers, Royce Newman, three offensive players. Then you come back for TJ Slayton uh, there in the fifth round. He's played really well considering he was a fifth round pick and what they're asking him to do. I think he's done his job. Shamar John Charles uh, there uh, in the fifth round as well. Hasn't done much, I I would say at this point. Isaiah McDuffie, the linebacker in the sixth round. Uh, he's on the roster and, and filling a role at this point, but not a lot of help there. Stokes is not a dude. Not yet. Maybe after 2023. And then 2022, they go defense again early and often. Two first-round picks and Quay Walker and Devontae White. It appears Quay Walker is going to be a dude. That's what it appears. He's going to be a dude. Devontae White... By the end of the year, finally starting to get some more playing time. Looks like he could be a factor as well. I don't know about a dude, but it looks like he's starting to get some more uh, playing time. Ingabari, he was in there too. Fifth round pick. He had to step up and play more with Rashawn Gary out. He looked promising uh, in the limited time that you saw him. There's some people high on Tariq Carpenter, uh, the DB safety, uh, who's had a special teams role for this Packers team. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out going forward. When you ask, why haven't the Packers been back to another Super Bowl? So many times people will say defense. And then you look at the rankings and you go, see, they've only had one top 10 defense since then. And then people want to go blame the coaches and the coordinators. But realistically, is it really fair to blame them when you go over what we just went over there with that draft class? Is it really that fair? I don't think it is. And I'm not saying that you can't be mad at Joe Barry. And I'm not saying you can't be on Twitter for the last two weeks, three weeks, complaining as all these guys are interviewing for defensive coordinator positions, all these dudes are interviewing for head coaching positions, and all you people out there are tweeting about, and we have Joe Barry, and we could have had this guy, and we could have had that guy, and we could have had this guy, but we got Joe Barry. Yeah, you got Joe Barry. No question. Does Joe Barry have his faults? Absolutely. 
So you know what's going to happen? They're going to move on from Joe Barry, probably after 2023, right? They're going to bring somebody else in here. And then that defense probably won't be any good either. And then you know what's going to happen? You same people are going to blame that guy. And y'all aren't going to turn around and blame the people that are screwing this whole thing up. The people that are screwing this whole thing up are the people in the front office, y'all. That's who's screwing this whole thing up. We can talk about coaches all day long. But we've been talking about coaches since they last went to the Super Bowl. Getting old with me. I don't know about you. Getting real old. And then we want to talk about the quarterback play, Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that in the last podcast. Piece by Bill Huber. Talking about how bad Aaron Rodgers has been in the last few playoffs in fourth quarter. Crunch time. Big game-winning drives being asked of. And quarterback ratings in the 50s and the 60s in some of these games. Getting back to 2019 since his Matt LaFleur run. So we want to put blame on Aaron Rodgers uh, as well. I'm not quite sure that you can pinpoint for certain this to be one specific person as to why this hasn't worked, as to why you can't get this Packers team back to another Super Bowl. I think it's a culmination of a lot of things not going right. And that magic carpet ride that a lot of you hated me deeming it was certainly a magic carpet ride because you haven't been back since. Everything fell right that one year, and that's it. And now, every opportunity you get to a conference championship game, you figure out a new way to lose a conference championship game. Whether it be that Seattle fiasco, whether it be picking off Brady three times and screwing that one up, whether it be the Niners running over you a hundred times, whatever. You you come up with new ways and invent new ways to lose conference championship games. And now you have Aaron Rodgers sitting here trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. You saw that tweet about, oh, join me and so-and-so for the Love Me Conference. Reserve your tickets today or whatever it was on Twitter. Good. Okay, Aaron, you tell us how, how to love ourselves. That's great. But Aaron Rodgers has to figure out, A, if he wants to play, which I think the majority of us think he does because share the spotlight with Tom Brady and J.J. Watt. Because remember now, J.J. Watt's in that Hall of Fame class too with Brady because he also was done. If Brady is done, Brady's saying, no, he's not going to uh, play in 2023. He'll be in the booth in 2024, which to me leads to open the possibility of him still playing in 2023. But we'll see. So if you're Rodgers, you say, okay, I want to play. Now, where do I want to play? Well, all this talk about Las Vegas, he's out at Pebble Beach, and all these Raider fans want him to come play, talking about Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams talking about, oh, it'll be a dream scenario. You can get Aaron Rodgers, come play with me. The Jets, right? That's a possibility. The Titans, Tennessee, he's got apparently got some land, some property uh, in Tennessee. Likes Tennessee. So maybe that's a, a situation. He goes and plays for Mike Vrabel, who's a hell of a good head coach, I would say, at this point. But what Aaron Rodgers should be asking himself at this point is, who gives me the best chance to win a Super Bowl? Because right now, you have one. You have one. That's all. Trent Dilver just said that anything that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers has done is not impressive because they're playing by different rules than they played with back in the day. You know, where you could knock a receiver off of his route or a receiver could get crushed going over the middle and quarterbacks weren't protected as much. Not impressive, according to Trent Dilfer, what these guys are doing now. Not impressive. Fine. He's got one Super Bowl in the impressive era of football, according to Trent Dilfer. 
Aaron Rodgers in the non-impressive era of football with all these rules garnered towards the offense has one Super Bowl. We can sit here and go back and forth whether or not we should measure quarterbacks by Super Bowls. But folks, that's how it's done. That's how it's going to be done for quite some time. How many Super Bowls have you won at the end of the day? There are far more moving pieces in this than there is a game of basketball where you have five players on the floor at a time. Far more things have to go right. I understand all of that, but that does not matter. It's still all about Super Bowl rings at the end of the day. And right now, there's a bunch of dudes that have won. Far more have none, obviously. But a bunch of dudes have won. He has to figure out how to get two before he calls it a career. And whether or not he admits it or not, that has to be in the back of his mind. Because I firmly believe if Aaron Rodgers had won a Super Bowl, a second Super Bowl, say this year, he may have walked off and said, I'm good. I got two. That's all I wanted. See you later. Brett's got one. Aaron's got one. So wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, what is the best chance for him to get to the Super Bowl? And as Ryan Horvath and I have talked about to death, the road through the AFC is not a favorable one. It's not one that anybody should want to go through. But when you are Aaron Rodgers, you've had the career that he's had, the MVPs that he's won, your ego, bigger than life. You don't look at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joel Burrow and go, oh man, I can't beat those guys. They're better than me. That's not how it works. What you will say is, I'm going to beat all these dudes. They're going to remember me. I'm going to go through all these dudes in the playoffs, and we're going to beat every one of them, and then we're going to go win a Super Bowl against whoever shows up from the NFC. That could be how he thinks. Very well could be it. I'll prove everybody that I still got it. I'm still at the top of my game. Or he looks at it and says, I'll come back with the Packers. They can get me another guy on offense to help me besides what I've got already. I have a chance to go through the NFC because legitimately it's Philadelphia. That's all there is in the NFC right now because San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback. So literally, you have one team that for certain, unless they get decimated by injuries, obviously, for certain is going to be there in the NFC playoffs, probably the conference championship game next season. Again, will be the Eagles as they get ready to play the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. They're going to be there. Outside of that, there's no guarantee the rest of the NFC. None at all. Dallas will probably be in the playoffs, but they can't win playoff games. So you can't pencil them in as being a, a huge threat at this point until they can figure that out. Which way will Aaron Rodgers go? I don't know. But we do know this. Super Bowls are not easy. They are not something that you can predict and get right, regardless of how good of a quarterback that you have. Now, if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, is it easier? Absolutely. Is it guaranteed? Absolutely not. And Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have proven that as we are sitting here 12 years removed from the last time the Green Bay Packers won a Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And nobody back then saw this long of a drought coming after they won that Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't forget, download Curd and Long. Tell your friends, tell your family members. We'll talk with Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM tonight again coming up on Wednesday when we record next. Have a good one. Toodles.